Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good? Come on, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, listen, it's so good to see you today. I am Brad Livingston. I have the tremendous honor of being the pastor of this amazing church and these awesome people. Uh, and so, man, we want to welcome all of you, especially if it's your first time. And, and, man, coming out of a powerful first service, we want to get ready. God's going to do the same thing in this service. And, and uh, we're jumping into this new series like we've been talking, like Pastor Justin talked about and, and the bumper that just rolled. And, and our desire is this, since we're going to be focusing on you a little bit, and what we believe and what we know the scripture says is that God has an abundant and purposeful life for you. I'm going to say that again. God has an abundant and purposeful life for you. But how many guys know, along with me, that sometimes life can get us off track from that? Right? Same way it can get us off track from our diets. Come on, somebody. Krispy Kreme about to open on nine miles. It's going to be a problem. I'm just letting you all know right now. But for real, though, we, we can get to where we need to refocus our attention, our effort, our energy on what God's trying to do in our life. And, and so we want to actually help you focus uh, on some areas that will improve what I believe God has for you. So we want to talk about your family. How many guys would love to see God do something new in your family? How about in your finances? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, right. How about in your faith? How many, how many of you, maybe you go through some seasons where you're just, you're, you're trying, you're, you're working through your faith, but you're not standing strong in it. I've been there, right? And so what we actually want to do is, is we want to help connect you with this series called Focus and get you plugged into that. You guys ready to go on a journey with us? Awesome. So today uh, I want to talk to you about something. We'll get into it in just a second. So I was sitting down, I'll tell you the story. I, I was sitting down with a, a couple, uh, this is a few years back. And so the, this uh, lady and her husband come into our office and said, I need to meet with you. We got some issues. I just want to talk to you about it. I said, all right, come on. They sit down. And, and they actually started talking to me about their son. And as they're talking to me about their son, uh, what, what ends up happening is they're telling me like, yeah, uh, we, we, we paid, we, you know, paid for him to go to college. But he left after like a few months, came back home and moved back in. And then he got a, a pretty good job, but then he quit that job. He didn't want to do it anymore. And so and he's living back at the house and he got some other jobs and then he quit those. And now he's back at the house again. And, and, and he, he's just got all these problems and we want to know what, what you think we should do. And uh, so I just said, I, I said, honestly, I said, I don't think he has a problem at all. And, and the dad looked at me like, what? of course he does. He's got all these. I said, I don't think he has a problem. I think y'all have a problem. And the father was kind of taken back. I said, I think what you need to do is give him some of those problems. Because it seems to me like y'all have all the problems and he has none. He gets to live for free. He gets to eat y'all's food. He gets to, he don't pay rent. He just sleeps all day and y'all keep paying for it. And as I could see the light bulbs coming on, I said, what, what, listen, what I would do is, uh, you know, I would walk in and say, all right, this is what we're going to do. I'm putting blue stickers on all our stuff and pink stickers on your stuff. If I see you eating a blue bag, I'm taking it from you. And then I'm going to take your bed till you're sleeping on the floor too, till you get a job and start paying for your own stuff. I told him, I put a vending machine in the house. <laughs> you want some chips? It's a dollar, all right? So, but nonetheless, 
I talk to him and, and, and what I, we kind of want to help you understand and we'll get to it in just a second is, is what it takes to focus. And, and we're going to start somewhere and we're going to move through this series for this month. But Joshua 1, 7 through 8 says something very powerful. We want to I want to connect with it because it's going to be this is going to be a scripture we read each week uh, because I want it to grab a hold of us. Right. So let's go. Let's read it. You should have your sermon notes uh, on the way in the door that you've gotten or you can follow us with the digital notes. Uh, however, you want to do that or you can just read on the screen with us. All right, guys. So Joshua 1, 7 through 8. Let's read it together. Well, not not out loud, but read it as I read it. Be strong and very, say that word with me, courageous. Be careful to obey all the law written uh, that my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Say the word successful. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, say then, then you will be prosperous and, say that last word again, successful. You see, I believe that all of us have a desire in our heart for the abundant life. All of us have a drive for something great. We want the prosperous and successful life that I do believe God has for us. But I believe that our routines have gotten us out of the pattern that God wants to bless. I'm going to say it again. Our routines have gotten us out of the pattern that God wants to bless. There's a very if and then type of pattern that God has for us. Say if. That was weak sauce. I don't know what y'all doing. Say if. Welcome back. All right. Very good. Say then. See, if we follow the pattern, then God is ready to release things into our life. Now, I'm not that pastor that tells you you're going to get a yacht tomorrow. That ain't me. Okay. But if you get one. Office number is 8504. Just call me. I'll come. We'll have a party. Okay. I'll grill. Anyways, but all that to say is that there is a pattern that we want to follow. And so the, what we want to do is help over the weeks to come is show you what God wants for you and help you plug into that. Does that sound good to you? So here's the thing, though. Before we can start showing you the patterns of the things you need to start doing, some of us need to learn about the things that we need to stop doing. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop. So we need to stop doing certain things, which means we need to create, and that's what today is all about, focusing on you, because we need to talk about creating some boundaries. Turn to your neighbor and say boundaries. So we need to establish boundaries. So let's talk about some ways that we can do that. And so there, there are three steps to establishing boundaries that I want to give you real quick. The first one is that you need to determine what problems are your responsibility. If you're going to build boundaries in your life, you need to determine what problems are your responsibility. Can I tell you something? There's a good chunk of the problems that you are taking on as your responsibility that you were never meant to care for. There's a, quite a few friends or family members that have some problems that you need to start letting them be their problems. Now, you say, Pastor, as Christians, we should take care of everybody and do all those things. They're kind of. We're going to show you actually what, how that works in just a minute. And the, the best way to describe it is what I described to these parents that had, brought, uh, that had come in and they, they uh, were asking about their son. I said, here's the way it works. You, uh, you and your son live next door to each other. And you put in a sprinkler system to keep your grass green. But your sprinklers are putting water on his grass. So his grass is green and you got nothing but dirt. 
Now, what you're expecting is that he would walk out and go, man, I got this green grass somehow. I really wish it would go away. And what you need to do is go and point your sprinklers back onto your dirt so that you can start getting some grass yourself. And once he realizes that his grass is dying, he will then have a desire to go out and do what it takes to help water his grass. And too many of us aren't getting our grass watered because we're trying to take care of everybody else's problems. Now, I thought it might be quiet in here today because it hurts when someone's talking about you. But hear me for a second. Some of us need to create healthy boundaries. And uh, I've been there. So let's talk about the second thing. So you need to uh, determine what problems are your responsibility. Number two, you need to determine whether people want to change. How many of you have ever tried to help somebody that didn't want to help themselves? Help somebody that didn't want to help themselves. You, you are killing yourself trying to get them to a place that they don't even care to get themselves. And so what we have to do is we actually have to go out of our way to figure out which people want to help themselves before we go bankrupt emotionally and financially trying to help them. If people you are helping are irresponsible and happy, and you are responsible and unhappy, you need to reevaluate your boundaries. I'm going to say it again. If the people you are helping are irresponsible and happy, that means I got no cares in the world, but everything's going fine for me, and you are responsible and miserable, then you need to reassess your boundaries. Right? So, number three, is we need to determine what parameters need to be protected. Say protected. We need to determine what parameters in our life need to be protected. So the way that we explain that is there are areas of your life that you actually want to and should care for. There, there are things in your life that are actually important. And so what we got to do is determine what those things are and start to protect them. And so uh, the one thing that I have in my life, and I encourage you to put it into yours, is you need to have a top five list. What are the top five things in your life that you are both responsible for and that are the most important in your life? It would probably look something like God, maybe your marriage if you're married, maybe your children if you have children, right? Maybe uh, it's your closest group of friends. Maybe, then maybe it's your career, right? Maybe, maybe in your top five can change some. So maybe you need to go through a season where you need to focus on physical health. I'm doing that right now. I don't like it, but it is what it is. And so, but that's, that's a top five for me. So you know what I started doing? I've started having to make sure that the time that I spend taking care of me is there, and that means that I've hard, had to look away from certain opportunities to do other things that I usually would have done. Does that make sense? So I encourage you, you need to come up with a top five list. What are the top five things that you're prioritizing right now? Right? Which that brings us to, the thing, to this idea today of focusing on you. Turn to your neighbor and say, focus on you. So if we're going to focus on you, here are some things that we want to do. Now, this is a very logistical kind of map it out with some patterns type of sermon today. We'll get into some more inspirational stuff in the weeks to come. But here's what I know. You can only focus on all the things you're trying to get if you are able to realize some of the things you need to stop doing. 
And so today we're going to talk about some of the stop doing so that in the weeks to come, we can look at all the things that God wants to put into your life and how you can acquire those and what it looks like to live that abundant life. So we're going to give those. But today let's talk about focus on you and we're going to talk about boundaries. So the first thing you got to do is you got to realize who we're actually responsible for. Who are we actually responsible for? Not who are the people that make us feel like we're responsible for them. Mom and dad, if your kid is 35 and they're still sleeping at the house, you ain't responsible for them no more. You need to let them be responsible for themselves. So what happens is who are we actually responsible for? But maybe it's not a a parent-child scenario. Maybe for you, it's just your friends. How many of you got friends and for some reason you always answer the phone when they need something, but when you start calling, you can't, it's like a ghost town. Sitting looking around like, boy, y'all just buck wild. He just disappearing. Say, who do you need you? Because you're looking around needing help and nobody is around. What happens is you got to start understanding who we're responsible for. Now, none of those things dictate, dictate that. We're going to tell you what does. Dr. Henry Cloud says this. We are responsible to each other, but you're only responsible for yourself. We're responsible to each other, but you're only responsible for yourself. So I want to help break that down to help you understand, because nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible does it say that we are supposed to, that we are responsible for control. How many of you guys like control? Any control freaks in the house? Like me? How many of you guys like to be surprised all the time? Just whatever life throws your way. No, sir. Right? Those people that like to go on road trips with no destination. What kind of psychotic? Like, absolutely not. I got friends. They're like, yeah, we're just going to get in the car. We're just going to go. I'm like, where are you going? We're just going to stop and we're going to go some more. But when do you get there? Like, there's not a there. I said, then how do you know you got there? I said, then we're just going to go and come back. I said, what is the point that you turn around? I said, we don't know. I said, y'all just too much for me. But here's the thing. We, we spend most of our life fighting for the control that we're never responsible for, both in our lives and sometimes for other people. So we need to look at what that looks like. Galatians 6.2 says this. Carry each other's burdens. Say burdens. That's an important word. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Now, you may be saying, Brad, I thought you said that we're not supposed to carry each other's. Well, I want to break that down for you. Let's go to Galatians 6, 5, because it also says something there, too. For each one should carry their own, say the word load with me, load. See, the word, when you go into the Hebrew, the word uh, burden and the word load break out into unique definitions. I'm going to give them to you because the word burden actually means excess burdens. It, it means that it's something so heavy that it can really weigh us down. A good analogy would be like a boulder that's on your back that you can't possibly carry by yourself. The burdens that the Bible is talking about there are unique and occasional situations where you need someone else to help you. Anybody ever been there before? My son Jabin, when he got sick, he was he battled a, a sickness for four years, and then actually the Lord took him home May 18th of last year. That was the most painful thing I've ever been through in my life. And you want to know what? Our church rallied around us. They helped us. They loved us. And they helped carry that burden. 
because it was impossible to carry on our own. Myself, my wife, we needed help. And that's, that's a burden that was too big. Y'all know what I mean? But then the word load actually means something completely different. See, the word load means cargo or the burden of daily toil. See, load is actually just the daily thing that you go through each and every day. Some of us would just call it adulting. Like, I don't want to adult today. You know what I'm talking about? And so what happens is what we tend to do, though, is we tend, those of us that are helpers or those of us that go out of our way to help other people, we tend to carry other people's loads, but then get frustrated when they need us to carry their burdens. How many have ever been so tired of helping carry someone's load that all of a sudden they need you to help carry their burden and you're so tired you don't want to do that anymore? Then they get mad at you. You're like, man, I've been here every day. And what happens is when we start to carry people's load, here's, here's the best way I can describe it. If a burden is a boulder, uh, a load is a, is a knapsack. Y'all remember the old cartoons we used to watch? The, uh, the person would have a, a stick and had the knapsack tied to it and all their stuff was in there they needed. See, our daily load is like the knapsack. Can I tell you something? Only one person can carry the knapsack. You ever seen three people try to carry something that was too light for one person? Is that not the most awkward thing in the world? Like you're bumping your heads into each other. And it's like, listen, why don't one of y'all just carry that? Because you look ridiculous. And that's what it looks like when multiple people are trying to carry one person's load. Listen, we're responsible to help carry each other's burdens because we care for people, Right? Because I care for you and I love you, I'm going to help you carry the burden that's too big for you to bear. But that daily load, that, that, those, what you got to endure each and every day just as we walk through life, that's on you. And I'm going to tell you, mine's on me. But here's what happens is, is we start to carry the load of other people. And as we carry their load for them, guess what happens? They realize they don't have to carry anything on their own. Matter of fact, because they're not carrying anything on their own, they don't even, and this is really important for parents to grab a hold of, for kids, if you're, if you're raising children and, and you kind of have a tendency to, to helicopter parent and swoop in every time you think they need you, what happens is if you keep swooping in, they're going to learn not to ever need Jesus for their problems, they just need you. And you're going to raise a bunch of kids that aren't looking to Jesus to be their everything, they're looking for their parents or someone else to be their everything. And what we have to do is start raising both our children or helping our friends their daily load. You don't need me. You just need more Jesus in your life to help carry you as you carry that. But for burdens, we're going to come alongside each other and help each other carry those burdens. And so there's a difference between what you're responsible to and what you're responsible for. You're, for, you're responsible for yourself and your daily load we're responsible to each other to help carry the big burdens that life can tend to throw. And how many of you know life can throw a lot at us, right? And so we have to recognize what that is. So the second thing we have to do as we focus on ourselves, or as you focus on you, is you got to embrace necessary limitations. Embrace necessary limitations. Can I tell you something? You're not God. I know that sounds like, duh, hey, you're not God, and we all say, I know that. Then why do we keep acting like it? Why do we keep trying to take the power that's not ours to have? 1 Corinthians 5, 11 through 13 says this. 
This is Paul talking. He says, what I meant was that you're not to keep company with anyone who claims to be a brother Christian, but indulges in sexual sins or is greedy or is a swindler or worships idols or is a drunkard or abusive. And, and I even want to take that word abusive for a second. See, some of us tend to think of it as like black eyes. But sometimes an abusive person is someone that keeps coming to you for suggestions and advice. And every time you give it to them, they do nothing with it. But want to keep coming back for more. Don't even eat lunch with such a person, he's saying. It isn't our job to judge outsiders, but it certainly is our job to judge and deal strongly with those who are members of the church. Now, that doesn't mean members of TC. It means if you're in the body of Christ and you keep doing stupid stuff, it's our responsibility to tell you to quit doing stupid stuff. You say, Pastor Brad, how'd you get that out of the scriptures? That's the BLV, the Brad Livingston version. You can get it in stores in December. It's going to be great. Anyway, so... But in all honesty, it says members who are sinning in these ways. And so what we actually have to do is we have to realize that there are areas of limitation that we can't burden, we can't take on ourselves. We got to create limits. And the first one is we got to create limits with distance. We have to limit our distance to people who keep draining us. How many of you in here right now, you can think of at least one person that drains you every time you talk to them? Just, like just when the phone rings and you see their name, you get one of these. Oh, Right? That's how my wife felt when she found out they were building a Krispy Kreme on Nine Mile. Oh, I got a VIP card already. It's crazy, y'all. And I'm just kidding. It is going to be a problem, but whatever. But here's the thing. Even Jesus knew that there were times when he had to create distance between him and the people that were following him. None of us, last I checked, none of us are Jesus. But even he needed time and distance between him and certain people. Actually, sometimes he needed it between him and everyone, even the disciples. There were moments where he said, you stay here. I'm going to go over here and pray. So we need to create distance between us and some people. The second thing we need to create, uh, we need to limit, sorry, we need, is we need to limit our time that we give to other people. Listen, if, if, whether it's your child or whether it is a friend, if they haven't done anything with the last five things you gave them, stop giving them more of your time. I've had people come into my office and say, Pastor, my marriage is falling apart. I don't know what to do. And so I said, all right, here, these are, this is where I would start. And they come back two months later, Pastor, my marriage is still falling apart. I'm like, how did those things I gave you go? I haven't done any of those yet. That's what I did. I was like, well, uh, yeah. I was like, I said, be honest. I said, you don't want help. You just don't want someone to talk to about what you're going through. Because the people that want help will help change themselves. The next thing you got to do is you got to create limitations on your emotional connectivity. How emotionally connected are you to people who are draining you? Listen, there are very few people in this church. I'm uh, sorry, there are very few people in this world. There's more people in this church. There are very few people in this world that I stay up at night worried about. Some of you are losing sleep over problems that have nothing to do with you. Now, 
Don't get me wrong. God does occasionally wake me up in the middle of the night, and, and like I can, it's almost like I can hear a voice, but even though I don't hear the voice, it's, it's almost like I can, God's just dropping into my spirit that I need to be praying for somebody, and so I will. I'll go straight to the edge of my bed, and I'll just start praying for whoever he puts on my heart. And, and some of you have been the recipient of 4 a.m. text messages from me. Hey, I'm praying for you. Just want to let you know. And I know you're mad because you're like, why are you texting me at 4 o'clock in the morning? Listen, if I'm going to be up, we're going to be up. Okay, so... But in all, in all seriousness, what happens is like, man, God puts you on my heart. So there are people that God wakes me up to pray for, but I don't stay. If you're sleeping, I'm sleeping over your problems. Doesn't mean I don't love you. It means there's got to be some connection that we separate how much I let my, I become emotionally invested in the things. Because here's the thing. If you stay up all night, every night, all week, all month, are you any good to the other people that God wants to use you to touch? No. So we got to realize there's got to be limitations on how much we connect to those types of things. But that's a temporary way of living. At some point, we do have to come back to an emotional connection because what could happen is you become too cold and too distant emotionally and you never reconnect. And you do have to do that. Next is we have to limit how isolated we become. We actually have to limit how isolated we become because what can tend to happen is we take a step back from everybody. And here's what I want you to understand. At some point, community is necessary for you to become healthy. I'm going to say it again. At some point, community, being connected to other people that build you up, is necessary for you to become healthy. That's why we have small groups because we want to help connect you into relationships that are going to help build you up. And then we have trespassing. You need to limit trespassers in your emotional and uh, spiritual world. And what I mean by that is we need to eliminate. How many guys know that if you ever saw a no trespassing sign under it, it kind of has that fine print. It says process or uh, that trespassers will be, say that word, prosecuted, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Some of us need to stop making idle threats in our relationships with people. Think of how many marriages could have been saved if the last time the wife said, if you come home drunk again, me and the kids are leaving and we're not coming back till you get it together and actually followed through with it. Think of how many kids would have been better off if their parents had said, if you come home high again, I'm taking everything out of your bedroom and putting it on the front porch and actually followed through with it. People say, man, that's harsh. Listen, my dad told me at 13 years old, you don't like the rules, get out. I know I can say that because I'm 32 now. I don't think he can get arrested for it. But he told me at 13, you don't like the rules, you can leave. I want to do drugs, deal drugs, all this. I wanted, that was the life that I, he said, you want to do that? Get out. I said, fine. And it was only a matter of time before I came back and was like, hey, listen, it's real hard out there. But I would have never found out how hard it was if he never let me feel the pain of my decision making. And for some of us, we got to start letting people feel the pain of their own decision making and stop guarding them. We got to stop creating idle threats. Do you know what the shortest sentence in the English language is? No. No, it's no. Yeah, so it's the one word, no. And some of us need to start using it more often. Right? Dr. Henry Cloud says this, we change our behavior when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of changing. Consequences 
give us the pain that motivates us to change. So sometimes we got to create consequences. And then number three, we'll give you this, you got to guard your heart. You've got to guard your heart. You see, what tends to happen is you help someone so much that if you're not careful, you become bitter about helping them. Am I right? You ever help somebody financially, gave them $300, <laughs> and then you see that they don't went to Disney World the week after? Like, wait a second. What? You, if you're not careful, what will happen when you, now listen, if you, if you do that to me, I'm going to call you. Hey, I need my $300 back. But what happens is when you help people and you do it out of, a, out of the wrong heart, you become bitter towards them. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Brene Brown says this, compassionate people say no when they need to. And when they say yes, they mean it. They're compassionate because their boundaries keep them out of resentment. You see, you don't have to resent the people you're helping when you say yes, when you can say yes, but you actually start saying no when you need to say no. That's, that's how we help people the best. Because we got to go to our heart. Matthew 7, 6 says, Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. See, what happens is, how many of you, ever, how many of you guys ever asked somebody that wasn't helping, or helped someone that wasn't asking for it? I don't know why that got hard. How many of you have ever helped someone that wasn't asking for help? Or how many have ever helped someone that every other time you helped them, they did nothing with it? Anybody ever been there before like me? Okay, good. A few of us. And when you do it, what happens is all of a sudden when he says, to, don't throw your pearls to pigs. In other words, don't take your wisdom or, or your resources and give it to people who are going to do nothing with it. Because then what will happen is whenever you finally stop doing it, they're going to turn and start coming at you. Anybody ever cut somebody off before? You help them 36 times, but on the 37th, you finally say, listen, I can't do this anymore. And now you're just the scum of the earth. You're sitting there like, what? I helped you all these times. It doesn't matter. That's why we don't give the pearls to pigs, the Bible says. People got to want to change before you can make them. So let's talk for a second about steps to staying healthy while helping. Say healthy. Say helping. So I want to give you some steps to staying healthy while helping. Because we do need to help, right? We do carry each other's burdens, right? We do do those things. That's what we do as believers. We help each other. We love each other. So let's talk about those steps real quick. The first one is you got to embrace limitations. Embrace limitations. You see, many of you don't have the ability to take your spouse on a vacation because you can't stop funding other people's irrelevant projects. Many of you would love to be able to do something with your family if you could just stop paying for the people that was, you were never supposed to be paying for. Many of you would love to be able to do more with your spouse, more with your kids, or just more with your friends. And what's happening is you're bottoming out your emotions or your bank account or whatever it is. You're giving everything away. And some of it you probably weren't supposed to be giving away, but the things that you now need to be doing because it's in your top five, you're not doing because you gave it all over here. And I've been guilty of this myself. I love pastoring this church. And when we pastor the church, sometimes people come in and they need help. And, 
And I don't have any problem helping people. I love, I love you guys. I love people. But there have been moments where the same person over and over and over again never wanted to change. They just wanted my attention. And, and I ended up neglecting my wife trying to help someone that didn't want to help themselves. And I just told myself, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm here for you. I love you. But that woman is the most important person in the world to me. And if all of this disappears tomorrow, you know who's still at home waiting on me? My wife. So we had to create some boundaries. Establish what you're limited to. For some of you, you've been wanting to do things. You've been wanting to get plugged in. You've been wanting to try something new. Here's what we believe as a church. We believe there's purpose already inside you. In other words, when God created you, he put a purpose and a destiny in you. And we even have a system for how you can find that out. And for some of you, you've been doing so many of the other things that you haven't stopped to say, you know what, God, I want to do the thing you've put me on this earth for. And if you want to find out what that is, you can, you can actually go uh, to, we, we have a system called Growth Track. You can go to it. It's at two o'clock today at our offices on W Street. If you want more information, you can stop by the Connect Center in the hallway on the way out. But here's what we know. We know that God already put purpose in you. We want to help you discover what it is and actually get you plugged into it. But for some of you, you're going to have to create limitations around the things you weren't called to do so you can start doing some of the things you were born to do. Because God has a desire to bring out amazing things in your life. Next, then you have to assess your motives. What are the motives driving you to help people? Sometimes it's genuinely because you have a caring heart. You love people. Sometimes it's, it can tend to, and I'm not saying this is you, I'm just saying you want to assess this every once in a while. Is it ego or is it emotion? Is it you wanting to feel better about you so you help other people or is it genuinely your desire to help them? Maybe it's a little of both sometimes. But that's what we want to do is help people, right? Next, you need to manage your expectations. Manage your expectations, right? Oftentimes, other people aren't wrong for how they respond to things. They just respond differently than I thought they would. Therefore, I get upset. And what happens is people do exactly what they've shown me they would do based on patterns. I just expect too much out of people sometimes. And what, I have ha what I've learned to do is if I'm expecting this much out of people, but they do this much, as far as gratitude or change, then I get my feelings hurt. But if I just expect this much out of people and they do this much, now I'm like, come on, man, that's awesome. And so I just started expecting less out of people. Maybe that's terrible. But you wanna know what? I don't get mad as easy. There's probably nobody in this church other than a select handful who ever seen me angry. You might've seen me hangry. That's different. But you never see me angry. You wanna know why? I don't let people's response to things affect my attitude anymore. You know what, if they're grateful, awesome. If they're not, awesome. Because you ain't gonna affect my life like that. I got too many things God's trying to do in my life and through my life to let people bring me down. So I just limit my expectations. I high five everybody, even the ones that are across me. I'm just kidding, that last part. That's what I'm thinking, right? Then the next one, you got to release the outcome. Release the outcome. Listen, what God does in and through other people is not up to you. You keep trying to get control over other people in their lives and that's never what God intended for you. 
As long as you're going for control, you're never letting God have it. You're not God. So stop trying to control other people's outcomes. Oftentimes, that's what we find ourselves doing. And then lastly, I'll give you this one as we get ready to wrap up today. You gotta forgive those that have hurt you. You gotta forgive those that have hurt you. Other people have done you wrong. People have hurt you. People have hurt me. But you wanna know what? Sometimes I'll find myself jaded and trying to help someone else because of what this person over here did to me. I'll even let myself fall into a pattern of pessimism because of what someone else has done to me in the past. And you wanna know what? I gotta forgive people. Now, I know that's not, that's much easier said than done. You say, Pastor, you don't know what these, these people have done to me. Maybe you've been abused. Maybe you've been hurt emotionally, physically. Someone has, has really damaged your mind or your emotions, maybe even your spirit. But can I tell you something today? They're sleeping at night. Some of you, you're losing sleep over what someone else did to you and you won't forgive them because you keep saying they don't deserve it. And maybe they don't. But tomorrow, if you were to run in them at Walmart, how many of y'all know you're going to pick a new aisle? Like, nope, not today, Satan. Can I tell you something? They're just figuring out what flavor Oreos they're eating. Because how many of y'all know they got flavors now, y'all? Funfetti, ayo. Anyways, all that to say, you may run in them tomorrow. They're fine. You're hurting. And if you'll learn to forgive people, you'll actually release them from what they did to you. Not for them, because what you don't realize is your emotions and your heart. You're like a puppet on a string and they can yank on that thing anytime they want to and ruin your day. And it's time you let people go. Forgiving is not forgetting. Forgiving is choosing to move on. They don't have to own you anymore. And think of the life you could have with other people if you stop letting what that person did to you affect how you have a relationship with the people in your life now. You could really go somewhere. But we can't start helping someone we let go of the people that have hurt us. And if we'll do that, we can create some healthy boundaries and we can start moving towards the life that God has for us. Y'all with me today? I said, y'all with me today? Let's put our hands together for Jesus one time in this house. He makes it possible. I invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes with us today as we get ready to wrap up our service. And the reason we talk about boundaries, Jesus wasn't a boundaryless person. As a matter of fact, he had really specific boundaries in his life. So much so that as he went, as he came to this earth and he, he actually went to the cross and when he died on the cross, he was so focused on his boundaries that he even knew on the cross from the day he was born till going to the cross, he had one mission in mind above all else. And that was what he came to do, to pay for our sins. And today, wherever you may be in your life, I'm here to tell you that in this room right now, isn't a bunch of perfect people. In this room right now is a lot of people who have found out all the wrong ways to live their life, myself included. But also in this room is a lot of people who have found out that Jesus has offered to you and I grace and mercy that comes through the cross. That when he died there, he paid for our sins that we could never pay for ourselves. 
to give us access back to God so that we could spend an eternity with him. And today, if you want to know Jesus, today, if you are saying, Pastor, I just need a fresh start. I know about God and maybe I'm not a bad person. I just need Jesus to give me a new beginning, ready for my sins to be forgiven and to have my focus to move forward. If that's you today, right where you sit, I'm not going to come to you. No one on my team is going to embarrass you or point you out. We just want to pray for you today. That's you, and you're saying, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready for a fresh start. I'm ready for God to give me a brand new beginning. A life of boundaries, but a life life of blessing, too. And an eternity that waits for me. If that's you, right where you sit, I'm going to invite you to just raise your hand. Say, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready for a fresh start. Awesome. Yes. Once you put your hand up, you can put it back down. Are there more in the room that says, that's me? Awesome. Yes. It says, "I'm, I'm ready for a new life with Jesus. Yes. Great. I'm ready for a new life a life of forgiveness and grace, but purpose where I'm able to move forward and watch God do something great with my life. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray this prayer together. And if you raise your hand or you didn't, but you're ready for God to give you a brand new start, I'm gonna invite you to repeat this prayer after me. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer just puts words to the actions of your heart that you're putting your faith in Jesus today. And so today, as we pray this prayer together, What you're doing is believing that Jesus is saving you from your old life and giving you a brand new start with a new one. And the whole church is gonna repeat this prayer after me along with you, so you're not praying it by yourself, all right? So let's do it together, church. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that you rose three days later through your life, through your death and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. In Jesus name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all of those that prayed that. Perhaps for the first time and we celebrate with you. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.